Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Switzerland-based lettering expert, Stefan Kuntz. If you're at all into letters, you've probably stumbled upon Stefan's work somewhere on the internet. The dude has over half a million Instagram followers, as well as being spread out across all the various social medias. He creates for big-name brands like Coca-Cola, no big deal, (laughs) has built his business to the point of hiring others to help, and also teaches his ways to anyone hoping to learn a bit about lettering. Overall, the thing that I took away from interviewing Stefan was that he's very clean. Let me explain. The way he presents his work is professional. His courses and marketing are very thought through. His photos and videos are well edited, and he takes the time to polish his methodical approach into this art business world. All of that just makes me think of the word clean for some reason. He's just does things very well and maybe something similar to clean cut or polished or smooth. But anyway, after listening to this interview, check out his photos or videos or courses to get a further view of exactly what I mean. You can see it, but let me know what you think about this week's episode with Stefan Kuntz. Hi guys, today I'm here with Stefan Kuntz and I am so excited to talk to him about all things lettering and Procreate and just everything. So Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Andrea, for having me. Yeah, so can you get us started by telling us a little bit about who you are, just in case anybody is living under a rock and they haven't followed you on Instagram yet? I bet there are thousands of people who have, or if not million, billions of people who have not heard about me. So my name is Stefan Kuntz. I'm a hand lettering artist. I'm based here in Zurich, Switzerland. So that's here for me. I've been doing this since uh, 2012. That's kind of like where my journey began. And in 2014, I feel like that's when my like jump into drawing letters by hands actually started. And in 2017, I did the jump to to do or pursue that full time. And ever since, it's been a crazy journey. 2019 was the first Day I like hired somebody, an assistant, and started building a team. And uh, 2022, through a pandemic, still here, still doing what I do. And uh, kind of like this July, I've been taking a whole month off. And I've never done that in the last, I don't know how many years I've done that. Like I remember school years when you had like a whole summer break. That felt amazing. And uh, I'm doing this. And it feels amazing. It's also great to take kind of like a step back and feel and looking over what you've accomplished or what I've accomplished over the time and and seeing just all these different steps where it has led you and kind of like the pressure of social media and like, do I want to still do this? So I'm already opening a lot of doors for your for some questions here. Yeah, I was thinking there's a lot of ways to go with this, but thank you for you know, taking time to you know talk to us while you're off vacation. I know how that is. We just got back from South Africa and I took a uh, couple beautiful. weeks off. Yeah, it was. And but it's kind of nice to get to talk about art. I scheduled a couple interviews in the very middle of it because I kind of miss it. Do you do you miss you know drawing yet or not really? So, so this is the thing that's very particular. I don't miss it at all. And it's weird to say it's because kind of like that's what I do or make my living with. But at the same time, it's it's been a great break to take from. And I've 
Like I've wanted to do something on the chalk wall that is right in front of me, like right behind that camera. And it's a huge wall. It's a three by five meter wall. Um, it's a lot of space, a lot of real estate to draw something amazing on it. But at the same time, I've like been reluctant of actually starting anything. I'm just being too procrastinating on this topic. And so I've kind of like taking the way around it and not actually tackling anything creatively in that time. It's weird. So it's kind of like that scary thought of like, do I want to go back to work and do stuff or do I want to keep like doing nothing? I don't know. But I feel like as soon as you start again, like you get into the groove, you get into that creative zone and you kind of don't want to stop. So I'm scared, but not scared. So it's, it's a weird place to be. Okay. Yeah. So two questions. One, how did you plan to take this time off? Did you take, did you have some steps and like what caused this? Cause uh, maybe just been hustling for several years and you just thought, I'm just going to take July off. So yeah, a lot of things happened to make this possible. So one was like over the last couple of years, like we had some great years, but then came like a tax problem that I faced uh, in my business. And, and that's because we were giving away too much money, donating too much money away. That's apparently a real big problem that you can face. So so that's something that people should take into account. We, we couldn't have foreseen it, but we should have really investigated beforehand. So that's for any future um, business entrepreneur, somebody who's doing like art, like I've heard that from a lot of YouTubers, the same thing, like more on the side of like reinvesting everything in your business, not like holding money on the side. And I've always had money on the side, but like that tax bracket that you come into can kind of like crush you. And so beginning of this year, we've had a an amazing collaboration with a big client. Uh, so that's coming out this August. So I'm excited to, to share more about that in August. Until then, still kind of like signed NDAs, under wraps, like I cannot share. And we have another client that's, uh, that's a client project in San Francisco. So I get to fly out and We've launched the Ultimate Procreate online course, which is my Procreate um, drawing course that I, I teach online. And we've had like several great iterations, but we launched it like openly. And so that made a big lump sum. So, so we saw that the cash flow is good and meaning cash flow is that you have enough cash on the side that pretty much tells you like, all right, even if we do not make any money for the rest of the year, we're still good. And so that's a great place to be in. And I felt like taking a break is actually something very, very good for your business, very healthy for your business. I knew it all along, but I've never really taken enough breaks. Like last year, I think it took two weeks off, which for, I think Americans, it's it's like, oh, that's normal. It's typical. But for Swiss people, it's like four to five weeks is kind of like a general range, what you have on days off. So we have like 42 hours a work week, but as in, if you're self-employed, like you work 24 seven all the time, you're always answering emails, you're always looking out for clients. And especially when you're in a stress state where you kind of like need money to come in and you're, you're really pouring everything into the business. Like that's long hours, uh, grueling weeks, and it just compounds. And like also have the stress of social media, like I've had the stress of like, I need to post something and kind of like that nagging on me over years. I feel like that's now starting to kind of like like build off. It's kind of like um, there's this thing that builds up when, when you stop cleaning and you stop like making sure and like it's this calc thing that just keeps compiling and at some point you just really need to take time off to, to scrub it away just to get clean again so that you're able to start fresh and healthy. 
So true. I definitely, definitely agree. So I guess we should really start a little bit backwards a bit and we'll talk about that hustle that you've been doing for the past few years because, mm-hmm. or many years, because we have a lot of listeners who are new to the art scene or have just gotten into it or they want to go full time or they just started. And so they're looking for tips and just inspiration. And so I want to know a little bit more about what you do. <laughs> so you a lot of stuff in Procreate and you do lettering murals. Do you start the designing process in Procreate or, and then you do a mural or sometimes do you not do the mural process? So it really depends. Like every project is different. I do have like this, this step-by-step go through of like, like I can explain, like the first thing you do is you sketch out a lot of concepts. You come up with a lot of drafts, like get your ideas flowing. And then once you have like more of a set idea, and usually I start a project with already some idea in mind. Like when I start talking to a client, like if we were in a client conversation right now, we'd be talking, like you'd be sharing about the project you want to do and why you see me as a fit. And as we're talking, you generally already have an idea of what you want to get. And so that already sets my tunnel vision on the right set or like the the right line that I want to focus on. And And once we get started there, I usually start to brainstorm into ideas that I want to do or want to pursue. Some things that I've seen online, some inspiration that I've gathered somewhere that I want to pursue as well. And so that's something that I will then bring in and start to sketch out. And so usually we skip that whole concept thing. It's usually when I have zero ideas, when I'm like... Like I remember Coca-Cola came up to me once and and they asked me like, hey, um, do you want to participate on this kindness campaign? And I was like, of course, like Coca-Cola, who wouldn't want to participate in that campaign? Is that a rhetorical question? Are you really asking me or is that like, yes, of course. And they gave me like carte blanche, which is kind of like, you can do whatever you want. And I was like really scared because like, are you not going to give me guys? Like, do you, do you not have the process? Like, no, we, we trust you. And I was like, that is scary. And creators always talk about this. Oh, I want to have creative freedom. I like, that's what I'm going for. And like creative freedom for me is not the same thing that a lot of people associated with. So usually it's like, I can do whatever I want. That's creative freedom. But I say like, that's not creative freedom. That is, I still don't have a word for it, but like that is creative suicide. It's like not actually helpful because Creativity really flourishes when it's really bound, like when it has a lot of restrictions, when you're like really have a narrow path and you have to then build something amazing out of that. So for example, you give me a wall, chalk wall, you give me this, like just this tiny space and I'll create like the most amazing thing that I possibly can on this small, tiny piece. You can give me just a tile and I'll create like whatever I can and think about like the craziest things that I can do with that tile. And you give me just two colors, I'll take those colors and take that restraint and that will get my creativity like like rolling like hot steam going well and that's going to be amazing but if you give me carte blanche like i just have too many options and until i focus on one particular thing it's going to take immense long time so what i associate with creative freedom and probably many creatives will will see that possibly too is like I have the ability to say yes or no to any given project. So I don't have to say yes to the uh, neighborhood shop downstairs that will probably do something or like a restaurant that just wants to sign. Like I can say no because I just don't want to do it. I don't see it creatively challenging enough to for me to do this because I've done it a hundred times. So creative freedom is really for me when you have amass also a good amount of money. So you you are stable and you you can set out to do whatever you feel 
is the best course of action for you to pursue and not just follow anything that you have to do because like, oh, now I need to do that creative chalkboard for this restaurant, the next restaurant. And like, I need to have 10 chalkboards done every day because otherwise I'm not going to be able to pay my rent or my employees or something like that. And so that's kind of like more like you're not able to live creative freely. So that's kind of that. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like in the beginning with a lot of artists, you saying yes to everything, like yeah. you were saying. When did you find that you could be a little bit more choosy? Do you remember about what year you were in? I think at the beginning, I wanted to say yes to everybody. The reason was like, I was kind of going at it as like, all right, well, let's rewind a bit further. Like the first thing that I did is like, I started my career like on a set of, I already have enough money. So I have a good income. Um, so before I quit my full-time job that was at the bank, like I was a Swiss banker. So that was my first profession that I learned. And, and I quit after, I think, three and a half years. And I made like good money there. And I could have like pursued a career in banking and would have made even more money. So when I quit, I kind of like switched gears and like saying, all right, I have about six months of salary saved over and saved to the side. And then I knew kind of like what my burn rate was. So every business, if you look at like startups, they will always talk about like a runway or burn rate. A runway is like how much time do you have until you need to take off? Like if it doesn't take off till then, like you still have some more left and then you can still put up speed, but otherwise you'll just run off the runway and crash. And so that's why we talk about runways. And the great thing about like having enough money is knowing like how much months can you live off of that money that you saved up until you crash, until you need to take a job. And so that for me was like at least six months. And also I was doing like still a wedding photography on the side. So I had a wedding photography business that I was already doing while I was working at the bank. And both of these things really done well. Like, so I could always like, I had like eight to 10 weddings a year, but I've charged enough. So I've learned a lot about charging money from friends, from people that I didn't know. And, and I've already learned that step before I even went uh, full-time freelancing or I started really focusing on lettering. And so that was a really good skill. And that's why I could say yes or no already to any client project that was coming in. But every client project that was coming in, I was like, t-shirt designs. Yeah, of course, like $400 per design. Like that sounds amazing. Like, yes. And you see, like, I was super excited about doing everything. And like, there were some people that like, didn't pay enough or that's just like, do you want to draw me a logo for $50? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like just writing to you an email, like feels like waste of my time. And that's really harsh, but it's, it's kind of like the reality. Like you're writing emails, you're, you're, you're talking and then you're like, oh, just $50. And like, we've written like 50 emails before and like, that's it. So yeah, you can see how you kind of build up on that. And that's for me was like learning about like how many months I had in my burn rate. And that's kind of like how you can measure your runway length, how many months you have saved up because having money saved up doesn't tell you anything unless you know your burn rate. And your burn rate is exactly like, what do you pay per month on utilities, on uh, rent, on taxes, all these things that you like, those are all like expenses that you have every month reoccurring like your mobile phone, all these things you need to take account for, even knowing how much you spend on clothes per month or a year so you can write it down. And so I had a, a really good estimate of that. Never wrote it down though, but I really would highly recommend that. I did that for the last three months. I kind of knew exactly like how much I was spending and good enough, like 
that's rare, but like my number that I had in my head was exactly corresponding to what I had on my Excel spreadsheet afterwards. So that's something good. So runway, burn rate, that helps you to kind of like, and the money that you saved up helps you to measure that runway or how long you have. And so I, with that, always knew kind of like when you're making money in, then your runway can extend again. And so you always have time. And so right now my runway still looks about like, I think a year plus that I can live off with all my expenses, with all my employees, with the studio rent and everything and my expenses myself. And so I could do this for a very long time without having any money coming in. But again, so I know that I have to create a new product or a new course or resell a new course over the next year or so to, again, extend my runway. Yes, that, that is so true. So I'm getting ready to take a pregnancy leave when the baby comes. And so I have a burn rate in my head of, okay, I could probably last like you almost a year, about a mm-hmm. year, but I'm probably going to take like four months off because yeah. just to be real and I'll probably get back into it. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. That is something that we do that I don't even really think about it, but I, but I, I know it, but I just don't say it out loud. So I'm really glad you said that. No, and it's good. It's it's good to have that in your in the back of your mind. Like when you're in a business and you're looking at business terms, it's called cash flow. You need to know your cash flow. You need to know that you can always pay your bills. As soon as you cannot pay your bills anymore, you're bankrupt or you have to file for bankruptcy. And that's kind of like a sad part. Like you're not a such a big corporation that you can start to do like restructuring or something. It's like, nope, sorry, that's the end. You can get a loan, you can do all of these things, but that's kind of like not the the point of that. But in your pregnancy, even then, like for me, taking a month off is usually it should have been like, I don't respond to any emails. People know that I'm away. I'm not taking any projects, but right now I'm still like checking my emails. I'm still seeing some direct messages coming in and I still have like an online shop going and I have an employee that's working in the background too, to, to just check a couple of things. And so that's helpful. But as soon as you start growing your business beyond yourself, you need to invest in those areas too, not just in yourself. And so you need to know all these moving parts and that makes the business more complex. But usually when you start as a artist to go full-time or start doing it part-time, you're not there yet. And so going back to the first initial question that you asked before, like what would I recommend from all the years that I've like done this and learned from? And the very first like thing that I would tell people is think about it long-term. Like we're so obsessed in the short term. I'm terrible at that. Like I'm so obsessed on this very short term. Like I can even look at just month. Like if I didn't make enough money to pay all my bills in the same month, for me, that's a bad month. And that's stupid because like if you make like 10 times what you would do in one month, like when you launch a course, when I launch a course, I make so much more than I do like over six months. And, and so I can forget that instantly and just focus on that month that I'm in or just like days even sometimes. And so I need to focus more on longevity. So thinking about like, all right, what is the thing that I want to accomplish? What is the long-term goal? Like, where do I want to kind of like plan my, my creative journey to go and not like really focus just on Instagram on like, how well am I performing on Instagram? Like, is this my year? Like, am I growing like crazy or not? And with like, People on TikTok, and I've seen this so much, and that's why I'm observing this so, so, so well, is like people on TikTok are growing so fast. And with that huge incremental growth, they're like excited. I can launch a business. I can do all these things. And they're doing so many things at the same time. And, and maybe it's also because I'm just, last year I turned 30. 
And so my 20s are gone. I feel like this, I don't have the same energy anymore. I don't have the same motivation uh, to pour into my business. And I see those 23, 22 year old like going crazy on, on TikTok and on social media. But I, I realized like, wow, I wish I could tell them right now that they should take it slow. Slow is good. And I've been hearing some or listening to some podcasts where some founders have been saying like, you know what? I'm taking it slow. Like I'm not looking for exponential growth. I'm not looking for this billion dollar idea. I'm not looking for this. I'm just trying to make it year by year. And I want to kind of like be able to pay my employees well, but not doing more than that. And so like we're putting the brakes on our business not to push it too fast. And I was like, whoa, I did not learn that because on Instagram, on social media, generally on TikTok, all that you hear about is like grow, 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 like grow your email list, grow your like business, grow your online sales, do this and this and this so that you can make money. But then the question is always, what do you want to do with that money? Do you want to retire? Like I'm taking a month off and I realize like two weeks in, it's boring. Like doing nothing is boring. Like I want to be able to do that. Like I've always been telling myself, like if I make a lot of money or if I somehow get millions of dollars, like I want to keep doing businesses or create businesses or in, invest in businesses and being some coach or, or something entrepreneur in some way, but not doing nothing. And so your question is always like, what do you want to do with that time? And that's a great question to ask yourself. Yes, yeah, so true. But we're all, we're all in it for the long game. And slow growth is good growth. And recently, I kind of hit a point where on, on Instagram specifically, I had about 75,000 followers. And that's a lot for the general person. I was like, that's good enough. And so, but I'm still making reels and whatnot. And I just had a couple of reels hit. And so we're all about at 100,000. But it came at a weird time when I was like, mm -hmm. you know, this is probably good enough. So I was just making reels for fun. And all like, but the, my, my mentality was not to grow. And that was the first time I never said that in mm -hmm. my head. And then as soon as my mentality went away from, I don't really need more followers. Like I can just sell to the people I have. But yeah. it, now it's growing and growing and growing. And yeah. I'm like, That's awesome. well, this is nice too. But have you ever felt that? Like, do you go in a growth phase and then a sell phase? Or I used to have like generally like year over year growth phase. So I think 2016 was kind of like a pivotal year for me because I was coming out of a 100-day creative challenge. So 100 days creating something every single day and always had to do something with letters, something creative. And I felt that was like super challenging. It was one of the best creative times I've ever had. I even thought or contemplated about doing this over the 30 days that I had like a vacation, like days off. It's like doing a 30-day challenge while I'm not working. Like I can really take the time to just create. But I realized like it's going to be stressful to do that, especially because I'm very competitive and I'm not not just competitive against other people, I'm competitive with myself. So if I'm like not pushing it further, like one up myself every single time, like I'm like, you can just forget it. Like I don't, I'm not even interested. Like even playing like board games with me is terrible. Like my girlfriend, she keeps kind of like nagging on me on, on that part because I keep like investing myself too much into that. Like we played Settlers of Catan yesterday and, and I started to be really quiet. And, and she was like, something is up 
Like he must win probably very soon. And like I rolled the dice, last one, got the game, was able to finish everything. And I was like, and suddenly I feel like all the tension just fall off because I was so invested into the game. And like I played chess the day before with somebody like with a clock. And I was just so like I lost every single time. But I was so invested in in it that I was like, I need to focus. I need to like if I cannot beat him, I need to hold longer into the game and try to like keep the watch and just it wasn't my day, but that's kind of the, the person that I am. So I was coming out of that 100-day creative challenge, and I was like gaining about 200 followers a day. So my banking background, what I learned is like, all right, open up a spreadsheet, write it down, like analyze kind of like the growth rate. And so like we talked about burn rate, runway, all these things. You see like all these financial terms that are coming in, like now is like my growth rate. So 200 followers every single day. And I was like, all right, till the end of the year, how much will I grow? And I was like, 100K. I would hit 100K by, I think, December 28th. That was the 100K mark. And I was like, dang, if I just keep it up, like what I'm doing right now, if I keep it up till the end of the year, I can hit 100K. And that was like 30,000 followers in. And it's like, that blew my mind. Like you got to imagine, it's like, you never feel like it's possible. It's like kind of like somebody telling you like you could reach 1 million followers on TikTok if you just keep posting every single day. I'm like, that's impossible. But no, it's true. And so I kept doing that. I had like moments where it's like above that target rate. And then some months where it went below that target rate. But then just, I think in December or November, end of November, I hit that 100,000. I was like, Boom. That's incredible. That's amazing. And so every year after that, I had this goal of like hitting 100K plus. And so I did that for a couple of years till I hit like 500, 560. And then 2009, 2020, I decided to focus on YouTube. And so I said like, all right, for the very first time, I'm going to do something that feels so not natural for me. Like I've been invested into that one platform all this time and I'm going to focus on YouTube and I created some YouTube videos. Those did well. Through the pandemic, live streams did well. I hired somebody to shoot and edit my my YouTube videos. That didn't do well. It had nothing really to do with just him. It, it's kind of like, it was just, I was doing too many things. I was spreading my thin too thin on all levels. And there's another like great lesson for anybody who's starting out. Focus on one thing and do that one thing really great. Like if it's an email list, focus on that email list. If it's Instagram, focus on Instagram. If it's TikTok, just focus on TikTok. Don't try to already start on YouTube. Like you can find and figure out ways to monetize that on TikTok as well. Like if it's, I don't know what other apps there are. If it's Pinterest, like a lot of people make a lot of money on Pinterest. Did you know that? Yeah, I've tried. I posted and I, I get I, I post my stuff into Instagram. That's my yeah. thing. So yeah. I'll post on Pinterest, I'll post on TikTok, but you're right. It is where you focus. <laughs> Exactly. And so I kind of lost focus and I kind of like was going everywhere. I I was thinking of like, all right, we want to sell this. We want to do this. I kind of like wanted to do everything. And one of my employees, Sam, he's a great guy. He always kind of like, Steph, you have way too many ideas. You want to do everything, but you just need to focus. And he always reminds me of focus, focus, focus. And so I think last year we decided to focus on students. We want to focus on students and that's going to be our, our focus. So we've done that. We've, we've kind of like created new courses. We've uploaded new courses online and we're like working on like what other type of contents or courses we could upload. And so most of our content has been focused on teaching people. But funnily enough, I'm still not very sure about who my target audience is. And that's a weird thing to say. Like 
usually you should know like my target audience are male or female, this and that, doing this kind of job and so on. And so I felt like, huh, now I'm lost. And so over this vacation month, I was like, going over that again. And maybe I'm kind of like finding more of my niche where I want to focus on, even where I want to focus my courses. And that might be a new avenue, but who knows? And so that's kind of been like this journey of like growth and focusing on that. And then it's like been also business growth, like selling products, like uploading products. But there's been all these different things over these years and learning. And so Focusing on growth is is great. Like it's good for business. Like you get more money, absolutely. But it's not necessarily the longevity goal. So it's kind of like this this idea of like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so it really sounds true once you look at it from that perspective. That like, all right, I'm kind of or I feel I feel burnt out. I'm not burnt out, but I feel burnt out of all this this pushing, this creativity, like squeezing the social media juice out of me to, to post something. Like I, I feel like sometimes like I don't want to post anything anymore. I don't even know what I would want to post. I don't know what I want to share or write about and stuff like that. And so that's when you really know that you need to take a sit back, take that break. And so that's why this break has been so like been interesting to take that because I feel like I need to recharge my batteries. I need to recharge my creativity. I need to recharge my, my whole soul and everything and just focus on that and take the time off. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing that. So real quick, so I know a lot of my listeners are like, wait, wait, wait. So how did you grow on Instagram? And Zach? how did you get 200 followers a year? What was specifically, were you doing? Were you going live? Were you posting once a day? What kind of posts were they? See, this is the interesting part. Because I've done it over five years, it really doesn't matter what I did. And you won't believe me if I told you so, but I've gone through a lot of, of algorithm changes and updates and all these things. And even now, like I'll tell you right now, reels, you need to create reels. Whatever you want to do, you need to create reels and you need to learn to tell stories. I've had about four or five videos that went over a million views and I have like had two on where I created Fofosaic. So it's a piece that really takes a lot of time to create. And I share about those in my Instagram stories, but once I posted them, like it got 10, 20,000 likes and then suddenly, like a week later or something, it started to blow up. And, and like right now, while I'm on vacation, like it reached 155,000 likes. And so like I didn't grow that much through that video. That's kind of like the sad part. Like growth right now is usually if you're growing on another platform and if people are coming across platform to you to follow you on that platform too. So if you're on TikTok, you got millions of followers on TikTok and people are like kind of like going like, oh, is that person also on Instagram? Yes, cool. I'm going to follow them. So that's kind of like this uh, thing that's happening right now. But I haven't seen growth on, on Instagram for a lot of creators. Like I've talked to a lot of different creators from photography, to videography, um, like all makeup artists, all these things that people are trying to put in. And unless they have something that's very TikTok-like, they're not really growing. Like just posting photos, like you might have a post that goes viral, but viral isn't great, actually. Viral is is not great for your business because you're you need to focus on doing this one thing great and like getting more clients, like Marquez Brownlee, uh, one of those tech bloggers on, on YouTube, he said one of the things that is, has been the most crucial for his journey as a creator was that he never went viral. 
he grew step by step, small step, small incremental steps, no exponential growth. And that helped him to kind of like keep going on a rate that he sees is like can be held for a long time because he could do this probably till he's 60. And that for me, that mentality is like mind blowing because you're not just chasing after how am I going to reach those goals of like hitting 200 new followers a day? Like, how do I do this? Because early days, it was really like, can you like post enough a day? Like, can you post a lot of photos a day, every single day? Like, are these posts like viral or like, do, are they shareable? And I've written down like 10 rules of social media for people that I taught it to and, and shared about. And those 10 steps, like, like they entail like, are you clear on what you're communicating? Are you clear on like, is your post you're sharing shareable? Like, is your idea able to be summarized into two words? Like, is this, this is the cat video where he jumps into the lake. Like, oh yeah, totally got this. Like on TikTok, most of the videos, like, have you seen this guy dancing in like, like doing this dance and like, oh yeah, totally. Or the, my money don't jiggle, jiggle. Like you see that song and you immediately know, like, I know where it comes from. I've seen all the videos. Like there's so many things around that and that's a trend. And you're lucky if you hit that trend. Like the guy who kind of sang that unknowingly, like had a remix done by somebody else and that went wild. And the guys who did that remix, they are now signed to a major label, got a crazy deal out of that. And so you got to just imagine like you hit that high, but that's kind of like a, a drug high. Like you're like, whoa, this was a great hit. And then you go down back again to like normal day and you're like, ah, oh, when's the next hit? Like, when does the next thing come out? And you're chasing that thing because that's kind of been your now like your new point of reference for the next high. Like if you're not reaching this, like uh, why bother? And you remember, like I said, I always want to up myself by one, at least one. So I have this problem. Like I made, like, I think it was 2017. I, I had one of those craziest sales or it was 2018, beginning of 2018 on my website. Like my website didn't do well. Like it made about $5,000 a year. That was my best year, 2017. 2018 in February or something, I had one of my products come out and it did over $37,000 in like a couple of days. And so suddenly this is like, whoa, how am I going to replicate that again? And then when it fell down again, I was like, oh, I need to do another product. And like I pushed another product out in like a couple of days or weeks and it was too soon. It was way too soon. Like it did well, but I was kind of like oversaturating the market with my own products stupid. And then instead of doing this, like, and I brought out new products and like got like a new hit. And so it's kind of always been the same thing every time, like you're experiencing this, this creativity and you're comparing that with like, right now I'm, I'm going really into the business side, but like you get these highs and lows in your business. And it's hard to kind of like always compare that to those different uh, seasons in life where you hit those highs. You're like, whoa, this is amazing. And you want to do this every day of your life, but you realize like this is not sustainable. So instead of like building a business that kind of like incrementally grows, like revenue streams grow, revenue per day grows slowly, but it grows steadily and it grows like more consistently. That's kind of the thing that you want to go after as a creative. Definitely, definitely agree. I, I love I love your business baker mind, Kevin Thrill. It's such a good other side to the art world. You know, I, I feel like you have a very balanced brain as you can be creative and you can also do the 
business side. Yeah, slow growth is good growth. And yeah, I told myself when I started at the Yardis Academy membership back about three over three years ago, mm -hmm. we started with 15 and now we're at like 150. But I did it really slowly and I didn't do ads and mm -hmm. I didn't do anything like that because I just I really wanted to know what my students wanted and who they yeah. are. And so now we could probably do ads and do fine, but it's just, I'm so stuck in that like slow growth. It's, it's a good thing. <laughs> slow growth is amazing. And this is something, okay, I might ask you something. I have a theory and I want to just run it by you, but like you said you have a membership program. Yes. So they're paying you monthly to, for your subscription. Yes. And what are you giving them? How do you maintain that the subscription is interesting? I upload a lot of new content. And well, I, I did upload new content. And now I have so much backed up that yeah. like, sometimes I'll come in and review some stuff. Or like every year we do the 31 day challenge and the fourth quarter success plan. And yeah. we do some stuff here and there. But right now it's pretty hands off. I just kind of like, talk to them live sometimes and do little things here and there and just add to it as I see fit. But it's definitely not as much work as it was in the beginning. Cool. Because I've like a lot of people have been trying to persuade me to say like, hey, you should do like a membership program. Like this is the next thing. Like this is how you make money and sustainable money like continuously. And I said like, as long as I'm not a team of, I don't know, 20, 10, 15, 20 people that can maintain on posting things regularly, kind of like a newspaper, like a newspaper can only publish weekly episode or editions or daily newspaper if they have enough writing staff to create that and to write that. If you don't have that, then you're kind of like have like a couple of pages that are empty. And then as soon as you have empty page or one page missing, like people will be like, wait a minute, I'm paying $1.50 every for every newspaper like why am i paying 150 if i'm not getting all the pages and so i realized like i'd rather only sell one newspaper or like one course and make that for free or like for free charge it one time or do like a split payment so that they can so it's more affordable but in that sense like i give you everything and i can choose to update it i can choose to add more to it but i cannot sustain a membership like that would put too much stress on myself because i know that i'm still part creative part like this business mindset that sees like i cannot like come up or especially not in this pressure to to come up with all these these things to to make this like very valuable for for my for any members who purchase that like i tried Patreon for a while and I was like, mm, like I only have great fans, like people that are very loyal to me who decide to like, Hey, I'm going to just like going to pay $1. I think I did it for $1 or 10, $5 per month. Uh, very low. Just so for people who are interested in like more personal side to pay something, but nothing that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think everybody's different and it depends on what you're offering too. Because you're, yeah. you're offering how to do what, what you do. I'm more doing like a, I, I want to help them go full time with their art through murals, through prints and all of that. Right. And so I can, I have like a step by step when they come in, it's already done for them. They can do this. And I'm always adding like the reels training or so like a new thing. It's like, you're like, Hey, I'm doing this. That's working right now. If you guys want to try it, it's exactly how I do it. So that's kind of, so I feel like a membership program is more of a journey and yeah. like, like your art journey is you know, yeah. starting from building a website to sometimes it takes a year for people to pop off. Sometimes it takes three months. Sometimes it takes three years. So it's like yeah. how long it takes you. Yeah. But yeah, you're a banker guy. 
you know your numbers. I'm curious, what percent of your income comes from teaching versus painting or creating for clients? Oh, good question. So right now this year, we're about, it was almost split half-half clients and like client work and teaching and online courses. But it's kind of like now, like the, the online courses have because we we launched a big course and that's one of my biggest courses yet, the online Ultimate Procreate online course. That's Tell it. us about it. Pro, pro, <laughs> promote it because there's a lot of artists in here We're looking through a lot of different things. So I used to draw like on a Vacom Cintiq. So I don't know if people know this, like these tablets like that are made for artists, like usually like big illustrators would work on that. So if you want to work digitally on something, that's what you use. I used that. And when the iPad came out with the stylus, I was like, there's no way that this mass product is going to be like super useful for artists. I was dead wrong. I like, as soon as I got it, like I first tried it out in the store, still wasn't happy, but I then bought it. And in, in like just in a short time span of like a couple of months, I really got from one iPad to another to another because I just wanted the best one for me because I found it so useful and I kept drawing. Like I could take it with me everywhere. Like I, one of the funny stories that I tell people is that I went to like with a vacuum Cintiq that I had, like you had to plug it into your computer with a HDMI cable and you had to plug it into a power outlet. So my thing was when I was going to a restaurant and I was in Australia for um, for like a trip, I went into a cafe because I love working out of cafe. Like it's this ambiance that you really love. And I made the mistake of opening the door and looking down under the table. And of course, the barista on the other side saw me and is like, are you crazy? Go out. And I was like, wait, why? Like I was looking for get out and I couldn't even explain myself. Like I was just looking if they had power outlets, but because it was summer and people were wearing skirts, I kind of like got that bad look. And so that was kind of like the stupid thing. So that's why since I have the this iPad, I can now go anywhere, everywhere. I only have like my iPad usually when I'm traveling and, and I can draw everything. And so I've created so many amazing things on Procreate with Procreate. So the Coca-Cola project that I did that went on Times Square, did that on Procreate. I did a campaign, a summer campaign for the airport Zurich, which was like huge, like so many different artboards, so many different placements, like huge billboards, like even a 20 by 30 meter poster that was put on a huge parking lot created in Procreate. Now like this next project that's coming out, that's for Nespresso created in Procreate. And so, so many huge client names, projects that I've done, all done with Procreate. And I use it for, like, even when I create murals, when I create art pieces, chalk walls, like some pieces that you think is a chalk wall is actually drawn in Procreate because sometimes I can just fool people with that. And it's a fun thing. So Procreate has been a life changer for me in terms of like speed of delivery, the tools that you can use, like even monetary. Like I've when I launched the course, I, I shared this talk on how I made $1 million with Procreate. Parts of that is through teaching it, but a lot of parts is by creating products that are like that are useful for Procreate, like brushes. One of my favorite tools is like the grid and letter builder, which is like the easiest way to draw letters with and to create beautiful composition is like those two tools are have helped like tens of thousands of artists. And so that's why I felt like I need to teach that to people. And so I've built a course first 
And the first part is for free. You can get that for free on our website. It's like all about Procreate. It's two hours long. It's like going through every single thing. Like imagine having a pro going through every single detail, uh, clicking on everything and telling you like, this does this here. And it shows you off like here in adjustment and saturation, like saturation, you can do that. Like maybe you know saturation, but you don't know where to click. And so at first you get like this whole thing of like all these information, totally not relevant, but it will make sense. And we're starting to use all of these tools, all of these elements one by one by going through it individually. And so that's what I love. It's like, I've created different projects that we're going to go through. It's like seven modules. Like the first one is beginning Procreate 101, beginning starting with Procreate. The next one is like drawing digitally. Like if you're starting out drawing digitally, like you're maybe really aware of how to do it on paper, like sketching out, doing like other things, tracing paper and so on. But how do you use layers? Like what's the process look like in Procreate? And so that's where I start. I, I want to take those steps to teach you that from creating like the sketches to all the way to the final design. And so those are like all these processes in the first or the second module. The third one is like then how do you add depth to your design? Like we use letters to to kind of like explain everything. But the third module is 3D. So how do you add depth to your design? And with letters, it's like there are two ways, like uh, simplified 3D and one point perspective. So we're going into little details of that. Like I have got a whole other course on 3D itself, but like adding shadows, adding like cast shadows, all these things that make your design even like, boom, wow. But then module four is like textures. Like how do you get that clean look a lot of people love that clean look but it still feels like too like ah oh, there's nothing to it it looks so digital i hate that and when you're like when you're a muralist you go to the wall you feel that wall you feel that texture and it's like ah oh, feels so nice and so that's exactly what i want like apply those textures onto your design so when you look at them and when you look on instagram you're like oh that feels nice like i can feel this paper i can feel this wood texture i can create amazing things and we create wild things like there are some examples of like what students have created is like just wild and sometimes i don't even understand how they got there but apparently with my lessons they somehow learned those tricks absolutely amazed by that and then lesson five is now i've got to figure it out five i don't remember all my lessons See, textures was one. There's type X photo. Type X photo is also one where we mix like typography and design into it, like into one thing. Oh, ribbon lettering. That is number, actually that was number four. Five is textures. Four was ribbon lettering. So kind of like this flow of ribbon, like how do you interlace something? And that's where every model you learn how to create something. But the cool thing is people don't actually recognize that. I'm actually teaching them like, layer options, like layer mask, mask on layers, like how to use blend modes, all these things that you kind of use, but you use them intuitively. And suddenly those make sense. Like, oh yeah, I need to know, or I need to use this. And then finally, the last chapter, it was always a bonus chapter in our like boot camps, but it became a staple. And in, in the sense that it's like putting your design on mockups. And so I've added this as a bonus as like, we tell you how to create mockups and all the different kinds of mockups. Like mockups are so important to sell your products, to sell your designs, to even as a mirrorless, like to share that to a client on how it looks like in real life. Like you can take a photo, like I've taken photos of a huge wall, sent that to the client. The client was like, oh, that's how it would look. And like, yeah, that will look amazing, right? And it's like, yeah, 
let's do this. And so it's kind of like getting jobs just from that. But I've also like placed my designs like on billboards or like how you want your designs to be seen on t-shirts, all these things. And I like added a bonus session because I wanted to add extra value. Like we've added a ton of bonuses, but one of the bonuses that I really love, it was kind of like, I actually did it for me. And it's not really for anybody else, but people love it. It's um, creating a mock-up out of an airplane. Like one of my biggest dreams has always been to draw on an airplane or have my design on an airplane. Like I'm a huge av geek and like I've lived close to the airport for most of my life. Like when I lived in Sydney, I was living close to the airport here in Zurich. I still see like airplanes land and, and fly off every single day. And one of my biggest dreams is like to see an airplane take off with my design on it. And I've never had that. And so I decided like, you know what? I want to visualize my dream and mock-ups is kind of like that idea. And so I kind of did exactly that. I created a visualization of exactly that. And, and I was like, man, I'm so happy I did that, even though that was like not really an intentional part of the course, but I wanted to add an extra like of how crazy you can go. And I showed them how like, you take a picture of an airplane, you really like wipe everything away, like all the text on it, like it was an American Airlines airplane. And I took all the branding off of it and made it like a blank slate. And then I projected my design on it. It's like, this is really cool. So you need to know how to do those things. And so in the end, like I've seen students like you said, like some take like a couple of days. One student, she had Corona when we just launched and she went through the whole course in like a week. And we were like, how did you make this all possible? She's like, I did it like 10 hours a day. <laughs> it's like kind of like those big eyes. Like I, I'm so excited. I haven't slept much in those days. And it was <laughs> so funny. But she like created these amazing things. And I've seen so many of my students like doing crazy things. And usually when I'm not on vacation, I'll also go through all the comments and like reply like, hey, this is something you did wrong here. Like here, those is a little detail you missed and something like that. So they get also really good feedback on those, but they can now scroll through like other feedback to see if they're good. And by the end, like you've created like three amazing designs, like one lettering piece with 3D. Like even if you haven't started lettering, like you could get either the bundle with the lettering course that I also have, or you can start straight away and kind of like, get through it. Like you can also use just my designs. Like you get all my files as well. So you don't even have to be able to draw. Like you can just practice, but then take my design for the next part. So you don't have something that looks terrible. But so far, I haven't seen anybody who's like, I cannot do that. Like it doesn't necessarily look as amazing as everybody else's. So there's a huge variety of like where people are, but the more often they do those exercises. And like I've had people doing the course like three times just because they come up with new and new ideas and they get better every single time. Like I've had one student, she's done one exercise like over four times. And every time I was like, if you keep continuing at this speed, at this rate, you're going to be so far ahead of me because you're doing the exercise immensely great. And you're like figuring out new things, kind of like adjusting things. And it's like, it gets better every single time. Like at some point you can start your own Procreate course. And it's just been amazing. Like we've had over... 1,000 and something, 300 students who signed up like in, in just a couple of first weeks and has been growing ever since. And it's just been absolutely insane and so amazing. And just to see kind of like all the beautiful things that people are creating. And plus, we've had some amazing testimonials of like people sharing like, whoa, this was like exactly what I needed. Like I've like done a lot of online courses, but yours kind of like stands out because it 
it like fills out all the gaps that I've had. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. Others uh, like, like I've never opened the app for the, like I've opened the app for the very first time. Like I d- like just got my iPad downloaded, opened the app for your course. And I'm like flying, like getting like really well and doing well with the course now. And so all these feedbacks have been so amazing. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely stunned and grateful for that. And I can attest to the iPad on Procreate. I use that as well for murals and I don't go as detailed as you do, but yes, I put it right on their wall. And I actually downloaded Procreate on my iPad Pro a few years ago. And then it sat on my iPad for about six months. And I just kind of like messed with it because it's a lot. So you saying that you have a two hour completely free tutorial on how to use little things. I am sending all of my arts academy students there. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. That is huge. So thank you for creating that. Uh, for anybody interested, definitely check out all of the other stuff with all the textures. That's even more advanced than I know. <laughs> so, but that is amazing. How are you promoting your course as a course creator? How are you putting it? Are you getting most referrals from YouTube, Instagram? Well, this is where the th- fun part starts, right? We're giving away these 12 or these, the first lessons for free. But of course, you need to sign up for our email list to do so. So we'll send you like right away, we'll send you a link. And then usually after that, we're going like through like, hey, this is amazing things that you can learn in here. Like here, you can also learn on YouTube and we'll get you a couple of emails. And so usually that's like an email chain, which is is great. So anybody who signs up to that email list, you're going to get, about 12 emails. And uh, hopefully we'll have you convinced, like, I hope I didn't even have to convince you to buy it through those emails. But if you need a little bit more motivation, do that. But that's kind of like one way to doing it, something new that we've been trying out. Another way has been doing ads. We've created ads. We've had ads created for us. And I wouldn't say it's working extremely well. Like, it's not like, wow, this is paying off extremely well. Like, ads since last year, September or something, performance just dropped. And and we've had like decrease of sales and all of that. But the best sale tactics and was kind of like the launch, like launching it, doing a countdown and, and growing it for there. Then a lot of thing has to do with like word of mouth of like affiliates and people just loving the course so much that they have been recommending it. Like we've had one student, she accidentally won an iPad. Like we, we kind of did a contest with all of our students, but she didn't even know about it. And she was like just promoting the course because she loved it so much. And she convinced like so, or like convinced she, she got so many people to sign up and they loved it and she just won an iPad just because she uh, we had a contest going and she didn't even know it. That was the funniest part. But yeah, what else? We're like, I'm trying to think of like how to promote it after it's launched. That's kind of feels for me like the hardest part. Like we want to like increase and make it better. We want to update it as soon as like there's a new Procreate version coming out. So that's kind of like this ticking time bomb that is going off. Like if they do a whole revamp of like the entire UI, UX, it could throw off the entire Procreate course. And so it's kind of like sad to think about that. But at the same time, like a small update could be great for us to kind of like say like, all right, update now, like use uh, 5.3. This is the new Procreate version, blah, 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 blah. We're like super excited. And here's course teaching you all the new updates and all of that, like adding bonuses or adding elements to that course to make that possible. 
I gotcha. Awesome. Well, we are going over time right now, which is, I noticed it's really easy to do that with a guest who's a great communicator and you are, you're very well-spoken. You tell stories really well, you communicate well. And I think that goes into what you do with your videos, short and long videos and your courses and whatnot. So I can, I can see the success just gleaming off of you. And I hope it spills off into our listeners as well. Oh, that's kind. Thank you. Yes, for sure. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge. This has been such a treat. And um, everybody, again, I will include the link to your free two-hour tutorial. Where can they go to get that? So courses.stefankunz.com. So any social media link where you find me, like at Stefan Kunz, so S-T-E-F-A-N-K-U-N-Z, as on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and all of that, like you'll find links on my website. You'll find links for those courses. On those courses, if you just want to go get the free stuff, like go scroll down, uh, sign up for that email list. Uh, it's all at the bottom, like when we ask you, like if you're not convinced, try it out. And so you can sign up there and then you'll get like a free link. But I can also send you like the link to to all those things. So we have those in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Thank you again. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you've liked this episode and you've liked the tips and inspiration that you've gotten from it, then I want to encourage you to join our Artist Academy advanced membership. We are currently going through the yearly fourth quarter success plan designed to help you, the artist in need of a little marketing direction, make money with your art during the most profitable time of year. If there's ever a time to double down on your art business, efforts with promoting and pitching and sending out the emails that you know you need to send out and creating holiday window art and getting clear on what you're offering this holiday season and communicating that effectively with your audience now is that time. Every year I double down on my efforts to sell during the fourth quarter and every year I get better and better at it and make even more money than any year prior. For example, like my yearly sale where I started off making $1,000 in one day the first year I tried this. Then the next year got even better, tweaked my messaging a little bit and made $3,000 in one day. And then the following year made $5,000 in one day selling the art that was just sitting on my website that nobody had yet purchased just by enhancing my marketing and promotion efforts with this fourth quarter success plan. Every year I give you the exact game plan that I'm using refined by years past in the form of step-by-step videos and templates for you to use to sell your unique art. Whether it be originals, prints, or my favorite, murals. I make it really easy for you (laughs) to get some help with your art business plan during this very timely part of the year. Go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co or click the link below in the notes to apply and join our group of highly encouraging artists from all over the world. Again, it's artistacademy.co and I'll see you inside the membership for our fourth quarter success plan.